An array of marshals and police officers walked throughout the office building. Many spoke with each other. Others were in the boardroom with detectives discussing cases, which culminate between Point Hope and New Haven, both in Connecticut. In the distance, a desk covered with files containing information on fugitives, murderers, and con artists. The phone rang, and a fellow detective at the desk answered. This is Brent Harper, United States Marshal and Detective Agent speaking. Brent is a young detective, somewhat early in the field. Sitting quietly, listen to the other individual on the phone. Yes, ma'am, I'll look into that right away. Thank you. He hung up the phone and looked around the office. A few detectives and marshals passed by. Brand stood up and walked toward the filing room. He entered and went through a system of files. No one else was in the room with him. And he searched and he looked through the filing system. And he found an area which was codenamed. While searching through those codename files, he stopped upon one, taking the information and printing it out. He approached the printer, waiting for the papers to come out. Once the papers were printed, he exited the room. Brent returned to his desk and began reading the files. He noticed the codename listed above, The Pleasure Man. The Pleasure Man? He continued reading the file before stacking it and placed it inside of another folder, putting it in his desk drawer took a gaze at his watch, packed his gear, and left. Brent walked through the area until he was stopped by a fellow detective. I saw anybody before leaving Harbor, but from what I understand, you weren't involved in the warehouse incident that occurred over in New Haven a week ago. No, I wasn't. Heard about the incident, crime bosses meeting in secret, discussing plots to shake down New Haven, the warehouse being attacked by a vigilante congregation led by Hoyt Bennett. Last I heard of anything... The agency took care of it. Sure they did. The instinct marshal was one of the leading officers there alongside Emily Weston. Rand looked at his watch again before facing the detective. Time is moving. Why are you telling me this? Well, the chief informed me to tell you you're needed over in New Haven in about another two weeks. Rand shook his head in disagreement. What do you mean I'm needed over there? I have duties to take care of here. The chief is aware of that, which is why he placed your time slot to the next two weeks. He knows you're currently on the case here. The detective walked off as Brant turned his head and looked back. Take care, Harper. Same to you. Brant walked and he left the building. In an undisclosed location elsewhere, a pair of mannequins sat on the shelf, covered in blood that appeared to have been smeared upon by a human hand. The sound of laughter echoed from behind. A man walked into the room, rubbing his hands together. Blood rested on him, dried blood. Yet, on his right hand it was wet and warm. Only time will tell if I ever enjoy the pleasure of my wonderful work, the man said. Brant drove down the street, passing by homes, as leaves hit the windshield. Brant reached over to the passenger seat, pulled out a map. He gazed at the map while driving, glancing down the areas marked in red ink. The markers indicated locations in which the pleasure man was once located. The research was done due to left-behind messages and victims he murdered. He's been around. Inside his home office, Brant sat at his desk studying the map, trying to decipher the pleasure man's next possible location. He rubbed his head as he continued staring at the map. Only if I could find your next move without you even noticing me. Would it go as planned? 
Rand pulled some folders from the drawer and placed them on the desk next to the map. He searched through them, revealing more files. Those files contained other information on victims and locations which they were killed. He glanced over at the map once more and back to the files, realized that the map was a definitive tool in searching for the pleasure man. Brand picked up the phone and contacted the chief. Chief, yes, it's Brand. I've discovered some information on the pleasure man and I would like to search these locations. If it's fine with you, a slight pause as Brand listened to the chief. Thank you, chief. I'll get to it immediately. Brand put the phone down as the chief hung up. He stared at the map and the files once more. Focused. If I find these spots, I'll find the pleasure man. The following day, Brandt entered through the door of an abandoned home. The home was one of the dot locations on the map where the pleasure man had once been spotted or sometimes located directly. The electricity of the home was shut off. Brandt pulled out a flashlight to search the area, spotting for anything that could be a signal or evidence to the pleasure man. Brandt walked into the living room and hold, holding his flashlight in his left hand while his right hand was holding the map and near his weapon on his side. The living room was completely cleaned out. The furniture, the home equipment, just the walls, and the floor. There's been something here that could lead to him. There has to be. He continued searching, heading into the kitchen. He saw the stove, a counter, drawers, but no table for anything to sit on. Not even a dining room table. I should check upstairs. Maybe there'll be something there. He left the kitchen, turning towards the staircase. He walked up the stairs, seeing three doors. One in front of him, another to his right and the last one down the hallway near the bathroom. He entered the room in front of him. Upon opening the door, he saw the room was completely spotless with nothing. However, he didn't know the room was very clean, as if someone was previously inside this home. Well, someone cleaned up well. Brandt left the room and went to the second room, which was to his right. He opened the door slightly and saw the room was filled with a wooden table and some old furniture. The room appeared to be a storage room of some kind. Brandt searched the room, and was unable to find anything. He exited, staring down the hallway toward the last room. Walking down the hall to the door, he caught the sound of a slight creak from the bottom floor. He decided to take another look. He didn't see anything. He focused his attention back on the last room, taking a small glance in a nearby bathroom, which there was nothing inside to indicate evidence. He opened the last room's door, and there he saw if there someone was living there. There was a bed, was racked in the closet. Even a flat screen TV rested on the wall. He scratched his head before walking toward the closet, moving the clothes, searching them. He found nothing but old receipts and tissue paper. He then searched the drawers, finding nothing but old newspapers and magazines. Appears this place isn't the spot. Brandt left the house. The next location he arrived at was an old theater in Point Hope. Seeing no one around as he approached his doors, he entered the old abandoned place and looked more at the map. The theater was number two, where the pleasure man was seen. Hopefully I can find something here. This looks like the kind of place. Brandt entered, searching the theater in every spot possible. He opened the double door room and revealed it to be the auditorium with the stage, used mainly for plays. He walked down the long aisle, seen only empty seats, and hearing nothing but the echoes of his footsteps. He approached the stage and walked up the steps. He took a look at the seats and thought in his mind of how many people would be sitting in those seats watching a play or a musical. He approached the back rooms, the rooms where the actors and crew would be preparing themselves for their roles. 
yet Brandt noticed the room was recently used. He's unsure of the reason due to the theater being closed, but he did notice several costumes in the closets, and the amount of makeup tools that were sitting on the tables alongside wigs, hairbrushes, and combs. Brandt took a look at his watch. Almost time to return to the office. I'll take one last look. Brandt came up to another room nearby, opening the doors. The room was pitch black, with only the light of the sun coming in from the other room. Brandt took out his flashlight once more and saw a pair of mannequins atop a table. The mannequins' faces had been decorated with sinister and creepy smiles, frowns, anger, confusion, all types of emotions. Brandt quickly pulled out his gun, aiming toward the mannequins. The hell is this? He approached the table, seeing the red calling on the mannequins. He shined the flashlight on them once more. All had been decorated with red substance of a kind. Brent pulled out his cloth, wiping some of the red material, and placed it in a plastic bag. Yet before leaving, he caught a strange odor in the air, which came from within the room. Tracing the odor, he realized the smell came from the mannequins themselves, particularly the red substance. Brent knew the stench, and he knew it well. This is blood. Shining the flashlight on the rest of the mannequins, seeing they're all covered in blood, and looked at one another with a smiling face. He saw one had a handprint on the chest, made from the blood itself. He spotted a note on the table in front of the smiling mannequin. The letter said, Without pleasure, there can be no true satisfaction. Signed, The Pleasure Man. Brandt took the letter, threw it onto the table, resting in a small puddle of blood. I have to find him. Brandt left out in the auditorium after seeing the blood-covered mannequins. Outside, he approached his car as his cell phone rang. He looked at the ID, seeing it's the office. Harper, we have some major news for you, Marshal. Does it relate to the Pleasure Man case? My family are five being held hostage at their home. Brent stood next to his car as he listened. He unlocked the car and opened the door. As he entered his car, he continued to listen to what the officer was saying. Where's their home located? In the suburbs, not far from where you are. I'll get there as soon as I can. As they spoke, an electrical cracking sound came to the phone, interrupting them on both ends. Brent looked at the screen, seeing it begin to warp and twist. A glitch? He continued to hear as the official was trying to talk to him on the other side, but his voice was cracking up. I can't hear you clearly through this disturbance. Hello? Is this the marshal that is currently tracking my whereabouts? Another voice said through the cracks. Who is this? Who's hacking through this line? By now you should know full well who I am. I'm the guy you're looking for. Brad paused. You're him. The pleasure man. It's uh, it's about time we spoke. How'd you get this line? I wouldn't concern myself with such pettiness. You're speaking to me, aren't you? Well, where are you? I'm currently sitting in a suburban home with a family of about five. Two adults and three children. That's about right, from what I can tell. I hope you're ready for the two of us to meet in person, because I'm on my way there now. Well, you're on your way over here. Let's see how fast you can get here to save this family in despair. I feel like teaching them some pleasurable techniques. Don't you dare place your hands on that family. If I see a scratch or a slight bruise, I will not hesitate. I'm counting on it, Marshal. I'll see you very soon. Don't be late. Brent heard the screaming in the background and hollering. You better not harm them. You hear me? The phone clicked off in complete silence. Damn it. Brent started the car, driving at quick speed. 
He sped down the street, heading towards the suburban home where the pleasure man held the family hostage. Passing by other vehicles and driving past stop signs, driving through red lights, nearly causing collisions between other vehicles. He continued to speed up until he saw a series of suburban homes ahead. Brandon took out his phone, pressed speed dial to contact the office. Someone pick up? Within the office, the ringing echoed as many detectives moved continuously through the office. At one desk, an officer picked up the phone. Yes? I need to speak with the chief, please. This is Marshal Brent Harper on pursuit of the pleasure man's location. The pleasure man, the officer said. Right away, the officer stood up from his chair and ran toward the chief's office. The officer knocked as the chief looked up from his desk. What can I help you with? Brent's on the pursuit of the pleasure man as we speak, sir. You want me to call in the officials for follow? Wait till Brent calls back for details. Why? Just do what I say. Brent knows how to operate in these matters. Well, are, are you sure, sir? He's fine. Brent drove down the road to the suburban area, scouting the homes for the exact one. He took a small glance at the map and back toward the homes. Seeing no sign, impatience brewed within him. Up until that point, he saw a man standing outside of one of the homes waving in the air. Brand knew such a sight. This must be the place. He pulled up his car and stormed out of it. Running toward the front door, he rammed through the door. Seeing the family, the husband, the wife, two sons, and the daughter sitting in the living room, their hands tied behind their back, duct tape placed on their mouths. I'm here to help you. Brad moved over to him, only to be stopped by the sound of a click of a gun behind him. He froze, slowly turning around to see the pleasure man standing in front of him with a gun. The pleasure man wore a white mask. No emotion, no life present, giving himself the appearance of a doll or a walking mannequin. It's about time we would come face to face. Now please, remove your weapon from your side and slide it over to me. Brant pulled over his gun and slid it toward him. The pledge man picked it up and set it on the counter. Brant stood still with his hands in the air. Isn't this a sight to see? A marshal holding his hands up in the air in the presence of a fugitive. I only ask you to not hurt this family. That is all I believe. The usual cliche. We've all heard someone say. Wouldn't you agree, young man? The young boy's voice muffled in fear. The pleasure man nodded. Oh, I thought so too. This is only between us now, Brent said. Not the innocent family that's sitting in their own living room tied down and taped. The only reason they're here is because I needed a suburban home to use, and I, I love an audience. It gives me great pleasure. What would you want? Or should I say, what do you want? Pleasure or satisfaction? Well, you know, I prefer both. The more, the better. Brand slowly reached behind his back, revealing another gun, and he aimed it quickly toward the pleasure man. Oh, the pleasure man jumped. Another weapon. I will ask you again. Let the family go, and it will be settled between you and I. The pleasure man nodded slightly, snatching Brand's other gun from the counter, holding it up. I have a different agenda, Marshal. He slid the gun back toward Brent, who slowly reached down to pick it up, watching the pleasure man stand still. Brent now had both his firearms, and only one was aimed at the pleasure man. Looks to me that you lost this one. The show isn't over just yet. The pleasure man reached behind his back, revealing a kitchen knife. He kneeled down toward the young boy as the parents attempted to scream. They moved their bodies like tremor, but the duct tape held in their voices. Brand held his gun tightly, aiming at the pleasure man. Still, leave the kid alone. 
The pleasure man slowly slid the knife across the young boy's throat, laughing at the scenery. You've seen my mannequins, the work I just placed upon them. I believe that I would need a younger one's blood to complete my next work. The pleasure man pulled back the knife, inching closer toward the boy's throat. The family trembled in horror as Brant fired a shot through the head of the pleasure man. His body fell to the ground as blood poured from his head. Sometime later, the other officials arrived at the scene. Brant walked out of the home, approaching his car. The chief came over toward him. How'd it go in there? It went to a necessary cause for action. The chief nodded. I knew you could handle matters like this. Brant entered his car. So, uh, where's the displeasure man? The chief asked. Brant's car backed up into the street as a coroner van pulled up in the driveway. The chief's face went still. Uh, never mind. The chief entered the home with other officers at the scene. The coroners came out of the van, pulling out a stretcher and a body bag. Brant drove down the street. He glanced at his mirror, seeing the home from behind. He focused his attention back to the road, into his mission of the pleasure man. Brent Harper and the town of Point Hope will return.